You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't that so weird how he was just like a hit? What do you mean? Everything? He got a haunted mansion. Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Flubber. <laughs> Flubber. He did Flubber. Daddy Daycamp. Pluto Nash. He got old All the and classics. at some point decided to make kids' movies and they just weren't funny because he wasn't saying the word. In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Jason Kao. Jeff Mazuka, Dennis Matouche. John Reed. Bo Warbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 1985. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. This time around, we are talking Beverly Hills Cop. The movie came out December 5th, 1984. That was one day before my fourth birthday. Nobody oh, cares. Who cares? Shut up. Uh, it was rated R, directed by Martin Brest. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I knew. The moment I said his name, somebody was going to lose it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's right. Who else still have 13 we years teach, old? We teach children, everyone. <laughs> One of the Brest directors out there. There you go. <laughs> I don't, even, I don't we'll go with anybody. I don't even want to read the first movie title here that I have for him. He also directed Scent of a Woman <laughs> and Meet Joe Black. Moving on. <laughs> Produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. That was not funny at all. That's not funny at all. No. Uh, is there anybody else that's funny? Unless you think Faltermeyer is funny. We'll get to his name in a minute. No. Okay. Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, who loves to watch things blow up, uh, he also produced Top Gun, Days of Thunder, The Rock, Con Air, Armageddon, and Pat's favorite, Pearl Harbor. I, I, I don't like that movie. Okay. Uh, written by Daniel Petrie Jr. and Danilo Bach. Music by Harold Faltermeyer, who also did Fletch, which we will talk about uh, next month, I believe. Did the music for Top Gun and the music for The Running Man. The budget for Beverly Hills Cop was $14 million, and the box office was $234.8 million. Hence, many, many sequels that were really, really not good. Uh, starring Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley, you may have also remembered him from Trading Places, Coming to America, and Shrek. Judge Reinhold, the Honorable Judge Reinhold, as Detective Billy Rosewood, or Roseweed, or Rosemont, or whatever, was also in Stripes and Gremlins. John Ashton was Sergeant Taggart, some kind of wonderful in Midnight Run. Uh, Lisa Eilbacher as Jenny Summers, playing an officer and a gentleman. Ronnie Cox as Lieutenant Bogomil from Deliverance, Robocop, and Total Recall. Stephen Burkoff was Victor Maitland from Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, and Octopussy. And Paul Reiser was Jeffrey. Damon Wayans was Banana Man. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave this one an 83%, and the audience gave it an 81%. Ebert gave it a 2.5 out of 4 stars. Whoa. Who are these people? Did not like Whoa. it. Whoa. What? Man. Streetwise, Axel Foley is always crossing the line to the chagrin of his boss, Inspector Todd. When one of Axel's best friends is killed while visiting him in Detroit, Axel is told to stay away from the case. Citing a need for a vacation, Axel secretly leads... Axel secretly... There we go. Thank you. Axel secretly heads to Beverly Hills, California, where he begins looking for clues. He makes friends with the Beverly Hills PD, but finds that their methods differ somewhat slightly from his.
Eddie Murphy is a Detroit cop. <laughs> on vacation in Beverly Hills. I just got off the phone with an Inspector Todd in Detroit. He says if you're out here investigating the Tandino murder, you needn't bother coming back. I don't want to take it anymore. Who claims to be on vacation? You look a lot like you're on a stakeout. Stakeout? No, no. I'm picnicking. This is like a picnic area. I have to ask you some questions about Michael Tandino. I never been to a cell that had a phone in it. Can I stay for a while? Because I ordered some pizza. We have six witnesses that say you broke in and started tearing up the place, then jumped out the window. May I help you? Yeah. I'm looking for Victor Maitland. I have nothing to say to you. How you doing? You guys don't know nothing about nothing, do you? You just got your badges and your guns and you're on the job, right? Make sure we get the right drinks, because if I drink club soda, I'll throw up. You know, this is the cleanest and nicest police car I've ever been in in my life. This thing's nice in my apartment. I just bet you are the pride of your department in Detroit. It seems painfully obvious you haven't the slightest idea who you're dealing with. I don't know what y'all think I am, killing some kind of fool. Hurry up, quicker! Crawl back to your little stone in Detroit before you get squashed. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop. A <laughs> uh, few things that I have on this movie. It was originally planned as a straight-up action film. The role was offered to Mickey Rourke. Uh, revisions to the script took too long, and he dropped out. Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone cannot talk tonight. <laughs> Sylvester, Stallone Sylvester Stallone cannot talk, cannot talk ever. Any night. So I'll just read it as Sylvester Stallone. It'll sound like uh, Sylvester Stallone trying yeah, more intensive rewrites. So actually, so anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, Sylvester Stallone tried more intensive rewrites than action, but dropped out two weeks prior to filming when producers said his <laughs> script so was too expensive. Know. Richard Pryor, Al Pacino, and James Caan were also considered before Eddie Murphy was. Uh, adjusted for inflation, it's the highest grossing R-rated film of all time behind The Exorcist and The Godfather. Uh, originally, there was going to be a Beverly Hills Cop 4 that was set to be released in 2016, but it has once again been delayed. Um, you guys, actually before we started recording, you had mentioned one of the stories about Rosewood and Taggart, that they were paired up when they were... Um, looking to see who they would cast for that scene, and they improv a scene between. Uh, they were supposed to improv a scene between an old married couple, and they did the whole five pounds of red meat in his bowels bit. Um, as you can probably tell from the movie, much of Murphy's lines were improvised. Uh, Stallone ended up using his original script for Beverly Hills Cop to make the movie Cobra in 1986, uh, and much and much of Bronson Pinnock. Cannot say names tonight. 
Bronson Pinchot. Thank you. Bronson oh. Pinchot used Serge as inspiration for his most famous character, Balky, on Perfect Strangers the next year. Balky Bartakamus. <coughs> Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Don't be stupid. So, how do we feel about Beverly Hills Cop? Outstanding. Yeah. I will say this is the first time I... I told you guys before we started recording, it was the first time I had watched this from beginning to end. This is not one of the movies that I had seen really? when it came out. That's so this was one of my first movies. Your uncle wasn't babysitting that movie? Not that Really? Time. So what was, what was your reaction then? I, want to I liked it. it. Okay. Um, now, I was watching it having seen all of the crap that he put out in the last what, 20 years or so? And I'm going back to this looking at it going, okay, so this was back when he was good. And, you know, I'm watching it going, part of me is thinking, that's really sad what happens to him later. But the other part is like, oh, this is back, like right around Raw, Delirious, the ones that I still remember as being funny. And there's this, and this is good. But then, you know, just a few short years after this, not so good. Have you seen Coming to America in 48 Hours? Oh, yeah. No? Oh, okay. oh, yeah. No, Coming to America I've seen many, many, many times. Um, and what else? Trading Places. I'd seen Trading Places, but for some reason, Beverly Hills Cop was not one of the ones that was in my list of movies that I had seen before. So, did any of you guys see this when it first came out? Mm-hmm. Well, well, you well, would have been older. So. I was always older. Yeah. So, we, I mean, with at least within, I don't, I don't think we saw it at the theater. I think it was on DVD. It was one of like, but like when it came out, VHS at the time. It was VHS, not DVD. But within a couple of years of its release, I was, I was, yeah. I remember my folks went to see it, and I used to talk about getting tongue-tied. It's, it's. Uh, I remember my folks coming home, and I think my grandparents were babysitting us or whatever, and my folks came home and they said, "What do you see?" And my dad couldn't say the latest Eddie Murphy movie. He kept saying the Eddie movie Murphy, and it was, I don't know, just something that sticks out. And then I remember getting, I remember the soundtrack, and so I remember that image of him. I think he's sitting on the front of the Mercedes with the gun, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was either the soundtrack. Or I don't know if my mom had like a, a setting of it that you know she could play on the piano or something like that. But I just remember kind of hearing about the movie and being curious and being told you got to be older. So. And now you're older. And now I'm older. And you enjoy it? It's absolutely hilarious. I mean, I, I, I miss this. I mean, I was watching it again today, and I, I'll just all I'll say is this almost attains commando levels of entertainment for me. I mean, it's just like cover to cover. It's. Uh, you know, or credits to credits. It's just the whole thing is, you know, action. I mean, in five minutes, there's a truck chase where he's hanging on a chain across the back, and it's like, well, that's pretty cool. The humor that, and I said it when we walked in. I mean, these are this. He's one of those the the Saturday Night Live cast that can just bring it without talking. Like just the looks he can throw. Suddenly you're falling over laughing. Uh, the scene where he's you know, pretending to be Ramon that went to the clinic and trying to get in to see Victor mm-hmm. Maitland. When the guy asks him, you know, can I help you, sir? He doesn't say anything. He just looks and he kind of bugs his eyes out and just kind of throws his hips. And then suddenly he's in character and you're already laughing before he even opens his mouth. I need to speak to Victor Maitland. Yeah, yeah, I know. May I help you? Yes. I'm looking for Victor Maitland. Uh, you realize that this is a members-only club? Mm-hmm, but I have to talk to Victor. It's very, very important. Are you sure it's Victor Maitland you want? Oh, yes, Victor Maitland, the gray-haired gentleman, very dark-skinned, Capricorn. Victor. Um, well, why don't you give me the message, and I'll take it to him. Okay, I guess I can do that. Um, tell Victor that Ramon, the fella he met about a week ago, tell him that um, Ramon went to the clinic today, and I found out that I have um, Herpes Simplex 10. 
and I think Victor should go check himself out with his physician to make sure everything is fine before things start falling off on the man. Uh, perhaps you better tell him that. You know, I think that would be best. So do I. His voices, you know, he sneaks into the bod the bodied warehouse and the guy, can I help you? Yeah, how you doing? Can you come over here for a minute? Okay, and then all of a sudden he turns it and then he's totally conning these guys that he's some inspector and this man even gave me a match. You gave him a match? Oh, we're gonna, you know, and yeah, that, and then it ends with a gunfight. You know, there's plenty of action and all that, so yeah. I, and oddly enough, that was some of the things that some people didn't like at the time. I think, namely, do we? Do you mention Roger Ebert's? I think you remember saying that he what, was this a comedy? Is this an action? And he felt he he absolutely hated the film. But um, I think that blend was similar to another style, of, like maybe it was just those '80s films as well. It was uh, Lethal Weapon had the same tone. Mm -hmm. So Lethal Weapon had your funny bits in there, but it also could pull off the very serious, dark parts too. So it had that right blend, and I think it worked. I mean, I never felt like, oh, wait, am I confused? This is a comedy. It, you, had a, you had a funny protagonist, but then you had a very serious story going on with all these things and starting off with him losing you know, his buddy getting killed. And So there's that serious part. Just like Lethal Weapon, you could have the humor, like, like between you know Danny... Um, What's his name? Uh, Danny Glover. Danny Glover and, 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 and Mel Gibson. You could have that that comedy sort of feel to it, like comedy duo feel. But there was some serious dark parts about even like within, you know, Mel Gibson's character. And, and here you had the same thing. You had that backdrop story, which is very serious, but you also had the comedy. That I, I think it worked fine and seamless. I didn't feel like I was confused watching it even back then, and I still didn't today when we saw it. So yeah use of the 80s saxophone in both of those movies too. Lethal Weapon always has some big saxophone riff that goes off when something happens and this, you know, the, the main theme is <laughs> the main theme is a uh, saxophone, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, so yeah. it's both have But I think it's saxophone. confusing, like I don't quite get Roger Ebert's I was questioning almost, I remember actually like then reading his review on it and I like in life, there could be serious dark stuff happening, but people will still find humor within that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why it was such a big shock to him that like there could be just a lot in world like if in a war picture. I mean, I'm sure there's jokes everywhere. And you got people together. There's going to be jokes that pop up, and and they it just happens. Like you don't shut off humor because life is there and it's serious. I don't think you had to choose between serious action film or humor. I think you could have both, and I think that they blended it well. So I I remember like I said enjoying it. As, as, as films go, was this one of the first to do that well? Because Lethal Weapon, that was 87. So I'm just trying well, to picture... That's what I was wondering, too, because yeah. then it became sort of the thing. I wonder if this happens. So I wonder if this was just and... new at the time, and that's why people were somewhat shocked by it. But then I was trying to think of other films. I was looking at dates, too, if there's anything prior to that. And Eddie Murphy. I mean, maybe, maybe what this is is, you know, is Richard Pryor as much of an improv... Master is like Eddie Murphy and the Saturday Night Live crew. I mean, I've seen his stand-up yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so you know, but in all those names that they mentioned that was going to play this role, he would have been about the only other person who would have had that look. And I think, I mean, you know, as much as we talked about Ghostbusters just being completely improv, and how would that play today? And how, I mean, maybe this is what happens when you inject just Eddie Murphy. I mean, that's how strong he can. Uh, but they bring they tried Eddie Murphy before this because wasn't uh, Forty Eight Hours with Nick Nolte? Wasn't that before? Uh, that I was like a couple years before, before this one, I think. Yeah. But I would and say, I, don't think, I mean, I would say Forty Eight Hours is a little more serious yeah. than this. Yeah. I mean, they maybe it has its moments. Yeah, Forty Eight Hours was eighty two. Okay. 
Well, how many times do you take a stand-up comedian and throw him into the lead actor of an action movie? Right. You know, and maybe that's it too. Maybe, maybe. Uh, not only is he a stand-up comedian, but then he did Saturday Night Live. So now he's a TV actor doing film. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was part of Ebert's problem too. Maybe he just maybe. wasn't wasn't ready for the crossover of a comedian. And maybe Eddie Murphy was too edgy for him. Also, I mean, true. raw and delirious are it's funny. Yeah. Oh God. Yes. But it's 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 edgy even today. I mean, that stuff is is pretty edgy. Now I thought some of that stuff you can't even. I mean, you no, you just <laughs> it's, it's it's edgy. But the thing is, is the movies. I thought he really treads that line that it it you know he makes it more applicable to the mass public. You know, I don't want to say doesn't he, turn he does, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't yeah part of that, part of that is there's still a script he's you know right working inside of. But maybe that's what got even yeah. up in arms is just. Could be. You know, well, he wanted it to be like a satire and all this other stuff. You know, like like he felt that they could have played more on this whole Detroit to Beverly Hills type of thing. And I mean that's. From what I remember reading with his, sounds like maybe he was looking for it to be he a was looking for deeper something than else. they were planning on it. Being. And, he's, and he yeah. feels like they copped out and kind of went to the huh, and they went to the um, the. Uh, <laughs> did he catch that? Uh, yes, we caught it. Yeah, we caught it. <laughs> it. Sometimes you crack yourself up. Right? <laughs> I'm enjoying it. When it's funny, we'll let you know. <laughs> you best do that. Anyway, the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you write that one yourself? <laughs> Add sound effects to this. <laughs> uh, they, were, they went for the cheap laugh. They went for the cheap laugh. Even saying like they had the little much like the thirty yeah, like something podcast. Abbott yes. Costello kind of sidekick characters, and right? All, you know, like that the, they went the for that bubbling, route the with, Keystone Cops yeah. with the tailpipe, and the Pratt Falls, and the, you know mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. And so I think he just didn't like it overall at all. Maybe could have just been a bad mood too that day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roger Ebert's Roger Ebert's review. Um, says Eddie Murphy looks like the latest victim of the star magic syndrome in which it is assumed that a movie will be a hit simply because it stars an enormously talented person. Thus, it is not necessary to give much thought to what he does or says or to the story he finds himself occupying. Beverly Hills Cop is a movie with an enormously appealing idea. A tough black detective from Detroit goes to Beverly Hills to avenge the murder of a friend, but the filmmakers apparently expected Murphy to carry this idea entirely by himself. Mm. Yeah, so I think he just didn't like the idea of I, I guess so. just being all relying on him. Well, I mean, but I thought he did carry it pretty. I well. thought he did, yeah. And I think that's yeah. Because yeah. I guess they really are. I mean, even though Taggart and and Rosewood are funny, they aren't strong characters. They don't really drive the plot. They have to be there for conflict to happen, but they're not pushing anything themselves. Well, the sidekick the, isn't there. The, it doesn't happen. The sidekick character changes throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be who's in that scene with right, Eddie Murphy right. at the time. He's feeding off of everybody, whatever, you know, whether it's uh, the girl that's running the... Jenny. Yeah, whether it's Jenny or uh, Bronson Pinchot or uh, Rosewood and Taggart or the, the other uh, the other detectives that take over when Taggart and Rosewood are, are thrown off the case. He'll just feed off of anybody. So, he, I mean, he is the guy that is tasked with carrying the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, I think he's larger than left. When we did the Ghostbusters, were you the one talking about how Carrie or Carrie Fisher, who was the Sigourney Weaver, got picked up by Bill Murray and like carried around the set, or someone was telling the story that it, it just she felt like man, she was just going to be carried away with this movie because you know between Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Harold Ramis, you know you have these three guys that are this, they're just they just bring the scene to them. You know, it's it's kind of not selfishly, but they're just the star power and their comedic power and, and all, their genius 
And now you only have one guy doing that. So I think that's, you know, is just Eddie Murphy, just whatever scene he was in, you know, the eyes were on him, the attention was on him. Whether he was saying something or doing something, I think that that, that just made that happened like you said that, that, that every, everyone everyone else was a sidekick mm-hmm. because every you know the whole thing really centered around him i thought i'd never seen this movie before my first time watching it was on saturday i think i watched it um maybe yesterday i don't know this week this past weekend was the first time i'd ever seen it okay and so to a to a modern audience i mean the first time seeing it in 2015 does it still hold up? Well, I have nothing to compare it to. Do I, I, was it good? Yeah, it was all right. I don't think it was um, butt-gustingly, gut-bustingly funny, but I was entertained. Or, or butt-gustingly. Some of the movies we talk about, one of the things we always touch on is, is it funny if you've never seen it, and does it still get made today? And it's still, it's still funny. It's still a cop movie, and they still make cop movies. And it's not, with the exception of some of the visuals, I don't know that it's as much a product of its time as other movies we've we've talked about. I think Bearer Bonds are a product of its time, but you can easily swap that out and make another movie. Um, but unlike some we've and some we'll talk about this month, I don't think it's a heavy product of its time. I think it's broad scope enough that it you can pop it in now watch it and it's still a decent film mm-hmm. so Jeff you were kind of like didn't love it didn't hate it I, 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 I didn't hate it I, I was Eddie Murphy is hilarious mm-hmm. um, and at that time when he was making films he was he had it whatever it is he had it mm-hmm. he's lost it as of late but he had it at the time and, and he did I think he did carry the film I wonder if it was almost too much for him to carry the film by himself because I don't think he had a big track record of um, that much responsibility in a lot of his projects. But now you're taking him saying, okay, you're, we're resting this whole thing on you. Um, but I'm, for, for him at, his, at the time, it was great. Um, I think that a lot of the movie was very cliche of the time. Um, you know, anytime you have those the, the smuggling drugs movies, of course it's going to be cocaine. That's the drug that you smuggle, and it's it's the 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 big guarded mansion with the stone walls that you can't get around, can't get over without some comedic issue. Um, I actually I went to go look guys up and see. With, fifty guys with uh, with machine guns. Why not? And because of that, I, I went to go look up and up. see if this mansion was the same one in Commando. And like this, there are scenes, there are parts of this house. That look just like that mansion at the end of Commando, and you got all the people running around with machine guns and everything else. I'm like, what did they use? I wonder if they used the same. And they didn't. I was looking to see if it was, but mm-hmm. there were parts where I remember sitting there, and I think Sharon might have even commented, she's like, "Is this the same house that they used in that other movie?" I'm like, I don't know. All Let's those go looking English for it. Hedge gardens look the same mm-hmm. to you people, and all those walls that when you need a light of machine gun fire, <clears throat> right. you know they have the they right. Have the, Right. Well, you got to have cement walls so you can just make sure that you can right. Right. knock out those bullet, bullet holes. Is right. No blood. No I blood. Mean, well, you know, mm-hmm. because if you're a bad guy in these movies, you're not allowed to actually hit anything. Right. You can't be a good marksman. No, you have to you be have, the worst shot. <laughs> yeah. Far. And then when someone like ketchup, but not blood. When when mm-hmm. someone like Rosewood comes along with a little handgun, mm-hmm. you know, a little 
pulls it out and just one shot is able to get a guy right in the head. Yeah. Freeze, you're under arrest. If you ever do that again, <laughs> I'm well, kill you. And, and I hate to say it because, I mean, I don't want to say that it made it harmless, but that was just, you know, you talk about the 80s movies. I mean, that was kind of the nature of violence in the movies. I mean, even the... Um, the um, you know, commando, there was a little bit of blood and guts and all that kind of stuff, but a lot of times it would just be bang, 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 and you know, someone would be wiggling around and all that, and then they just flop down. I mean, when uh, uh, Michael Tandino was shot, I mean, mm-hmm. the guy shot him in the head, and right. it was, I mean, that could, that not that I've ever done that or been a party to right. that, but I would assume that it would be a lot more graphic than what they depicted in there, but right. I mean, it's it's just kind of, you know, it's just a different age-making movie, mm-hmm. you know. Now, I, this reminded me of something that I've thought before, that I don't know that I like Eddie Murphy when he's not vulgar and edgy. Like, all of his, his family-friendly stuff, it's okay, but I, if I'm going to sit down, if I'm thinking, okay, Eddie Murphy movie, I'm going to put on an Eddie Murphy movie, I'm not going for one of his PG-13 movies. I'm going to go either Delirious, Raw, Coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop. I, I'm going to go to one of those. I'm not going... Flubber or Doctor Doolittle or something like that. So, you know, is that or Nutty Professor? You know, those are good and they're okay. But this watching this again, it reminded me that I just don't like. I'm not a big enough fan of his family friendly stuff. Which, you know, then should he go back and do more of that now? I, I think he's been trying to with Beverly Hills Cop, but I think I read somewhere that he. He really hated Beverly Hills Cop three so much. Well, it was, and I've never seen I've never seen Beverly Hills Cop three, so I don't know I don't know what's there to hate. But I've heard it's not good. He said he's not going to do another one. Yeah, it's very campy. Too campy. And I'm not. But he said he refuses to do another one unless the story's just right. I'm wondering if three even got an R rating. It might not have. It might have been. It was real. It was sort of like a Conan the Destroyer type thing. They just just too much humor. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Murphy was fun to watch, but that was it. Well, and you know the, the plot contrivances to bring Rosewood and, and Taggart back together in three were just terrible. Yeah. Or no, Taggart wasn't even there; they replaced him. Yeah, but just the whole yeah. uh, it just didn't work. The second one was okay. It was yeah, it was typical sequel. It was more of the first, but not as. What I loved about the second one was Billy. They turned him into a gun crazed yeah, madman, so he floats up in his trunk, and it's like an arsenal. <laughs> and when you. Contrast that with Billy Rosewood from this movie. Mm-hmm. That's funny, but oh, but that's one of those. Only if you saw the first one is that funny. Otherwise, you just think he's a gun crazed madman. So it, it it's odd because it requires the context of the first movie for it to make sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I haven't studied you know Eddie Murphy in his later movies and his newer movies. I haven't seen very many of the later ones. I think the newest one I've seen him in is. The Distinguished Gentleman. Like, I think everything after that, I don't know if I've been... Study Professor has its moments. Okay. But anything newer than that... He, he strikes me... He, you know, he strikes me as the kind of guy that just uh, kind of does does it the way he wants to do it, and, and that's that. And he's not making those movies anymore for whatever reason, and, you know, maybe he just... I don't want to say he doesn't care, but, hey, he's made those movies, and those are those movies, and, you know, he's got his life, and he's fine... It's some interesting when they did that Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary mm-hmm. retrospective and all that. He was supposed to play Bill Cosby. Yeah, he wouldn't. And he wouldn't. And he, he, he just came out and he just kind of waved to the crowd and everyone gave him a standing ovation. And I was kind of like, well, what was, a, what was the deal with that? And he just said, I, 
I don't want to kick someone when, okay. when they're down. That's just not my thing. And now, since then, I've, this was still before Bill Cosby came out and admitted anything. So, you know, well, okay, maybe we can kick him since he, you know, kind of. But I, that just well, he used to have he used to have fun at Bill's expense. I mean, Ron yeah, Delirious. Ron, yeah, that, I mean, yeah. right. Ah, well, Bill Cosby is the one that came out. You can't said, use words like that in your show. show. Right. And now, son, what did? Say <laughs> and, and the thing is, it, like, well, who, look who ended up being kind of the not. I don't know. I've never met him, so classy. But who ended up being not the the jerk? I mean, right. in that, mm-hmm. I read something too that like Eddie Murphy is strictly against like drugs and drinking and all that. He went mm-hmm. and supposedly only one scene he had a headache or he had something and he had a caffeinated like an espresso that he even didn't want to have. Uh, because of caffeine, you know, he's just real anti. I read it was the the super cop, the super scene. cop scene, and then he was like, and that's partly, yeah. you know, he just kind of went over the, he went crazy at that, scene. not crazy, but mm-hmm. I mean, it just kind of. Just remember, the super cop story was working. Yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah, ruined, you guys ruined a perfectly good line. I haven't figured you guys out yet, but that's okay. We're just gonna go sit over. Here. All right, so we've already started quoting things, but. And this is a family-friendly podcast, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can ask you what your favorite quote is, but um, favorite quotes. I will say mine, and I can't say the full thing, but one of my favorites was when he pulls up to the hotel in his car, and he tells the valet guys, like, hey, can you make sure you park this in a good place? Because all this stuff happened last time I was here. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Gosh, favorite quote... The problem is it's hard to pick out a line. It's it's you know it's a bracketed set of it's lines. Like a whole scene. Yeah, it's a whole scene. The whole the banana like, in the tailpipe it's, room it's, service. It's the strip club bit. It's the right. red meat bit. Yeah. It's the yeah. The room service banana in the tailpipe bit. And that's kind of that's what this mine. movie is. This movie is almost like an episode of Saturday Night Live or a stand up routine in that it's it's this bit. It's this yeah. bit. It's mm-hmm. this bit. It's a, and that's how kind of he plays off the different co stars that are in it too. They're all part of a different bit that he's moved to. Or perhaps when Taggart has to apologize for striking him. Sir, I apologize for striking you. <laughs> and then Axel Foley's just looking at him like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Would you like to press charges against this officer? Where I come from, officers don't... Police... How does he say it? Cops don't press charges on the cops. That's what it is. That's a good one, too. I like the scenes when he's playing off of Bronson Pinchot. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I remember and when I watched it this weekend, I thought, you know, I would just love to have been there. Just like, <laughs> even if the camera was off, mm-hmm. how long could they have just kept that going? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that, those two in that moment could have just played off of each other for God knows how long. I'm fine. My name is Sash, and how can I help you? Um, yeah, I'm looking for Miss Jenny Summers. It's very busy today. Maybe you give me your name? My name is Axel Foley. And uh, what is pertaining? I didn't understand what you said. Pertaining, what it's meaning, regarding. Oh, what's it regarding? I'm an old acquaintance of hers. Donay? One moment. Donay, when tell me Summers that uh, Mr. Ahmed Foley is here to no, see Axel Foley. Axel. Ahmed, Ahwell. Axel. Foley is here to see her. He's our old acquaintance. Don't this cover this up. It's I'm like sorry. the breast of a dog to scrub for the customer. It's not sexy, it's animal. No, it's not sexy at all. May I offer you something to drink? A wine, a cocktail, a, a espresso? No, I'm fine, thank you. I'll make it myself right back there with a little lemon twist. It's good. Just try it. No, I'm, I'm fine. 
I see you look at this base. Yeah, I was wondering how much something like this went for. $130,000. Get the f*** out of here! No, I cannot. It's serious because it's very important base. Have you ever sold one of these? Sell it yesterday to a collector. Get the f*** out of here! I'm serious. I said it myself. <laughs> Originally, there were supposed to be two people there. And they just said, no, 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 no. Bronson and, and Eddie Murphy, the two of them are just perfect. This one other person, get rid of them and give Bronson more screen time because this is just yeah. this is too good. He's the Victor Maitland guy, right? No, Bronson, no. He's, that's the art gallery. Serge. 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 Oh, okay. I don't know my, yeah. yeah. Serge may be the one redeeming quality of three, yes. by the way. Okay. Yeah. The stuff with him and Serge in three is probably the all that's got. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll go watch three at some point. Is it on Netflix? Uh, good question. Okay. This one was, so I bet they all was. are. Probably... Netflix tends to chunk yeah. stuff together like that. So, quote? Uh, quote, you, I'm going to say, you know, anything and everything. I just like watching the guy on screen and go, like you said, it's it's all the scenes. Um, and it's it, it won't work with the podcast medium, but just watching him. I mean, just doing, like, setting up before he says something, he's got the whole setup there. with mm-hmm. Body, facial expression, gestures, or whatever—he's got the whole thing. I there's two that really crack me up, and the first—I'd say the first one is when he goes to the Beverly Hills Hotel. Or is it the Beverly Palm Hotel? Beverly, Beverly, Palm. Beverly Palm. Beverly Palm Hotel. And he says, "Don't you think I know what's going on here?" Okay, I was brought here by Rolling Stone to do an exclusive interview with Michael Jackson. It was going to be called Michael Jackson sitting on top of the world, but now it might just as well be Michael Jackson can sit wherever he wants, but just as long as he doesn't sit in the Beverly Palm Hotel because there's no. And then he, you know, he goes off with that whole thing, and they're all nervous. And then when he's talking to the, the other cops, and he says, "Oh, you, you know, we're not going to fall for the banana at the pale pipe," but he looks at the other cops, the African American, you know, and he says. We're not going to fall from the, af- the banana in the, p- in the tailpipe. No, no, no. you got to say it more like this, brother. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. See, you just got to let it out. It flows better. And then he looks at the white cop and says, you've been hanging out with him too long. And it's just, I mean, it just, it just, it, I, I, I just can't get it. Those would be the two, I guess, you know, fall off the couch, laugh out loud parts. But I, I just can't get enough of watching him on screen. It's just really. All three movies are streaming on Netflix right now. Oh, they are? Cool. Okay. Yeah. He's a genius. It was one that reminds me of Pat, like something Pat. What? <laughs> the, the, it was the one with Victor Mate, and I was just not really. That. I'm just saying, like Tom Wilson, oh. where he's like. He goes, if you touch something, if you touch out, you know, he's like, oh, I'm all ears. And Victor Maitland, he's like, uh, I'll kill you. And he tells him, like, and he's like, oh, really? It'd be a neat trick. It's like that. Just the neat <laughs> trick thing. Yeah. <laughs> just a cold quote. It'd be a neat trick. It'd be a neat <laughs> trick. Yeah. Then there was one about, I think it's kind of prominent, though, but it's the one with the. He's thrown out of a you get thrown out of a window. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so you get thrown out of a window. It's uh, um, they, they call it. Uh, it's it's sort of like called a disturbance. But you get thrown out of a car. car it's a jaywalking. Jaywalking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so those. I was trying to think of ones like now as I do this because of the podcast. I just sit there and think of like okay, no, can't do that one. Can't do that yeah. one. Well, it's supposed to be. <laughs> Remember that one. Funny. He's the boss, though, so he can. He has to have oh, that whole bit with the whole cigarette bit. You haven't seen him talking about? Yeah, yeah, where it's yeah, where he's thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. No, there's the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed uh, to be that's how it's supposed to work. 
Well, like you were saying, the whole cigarette bit at the very beginning. Yeah. And he's just, everything is moving so fast, you almost can't yeah. follow what he's saying. Yeah. He's like, I'm a businessman, businessman. Okay, you can see what these are here? This is, I'm a businessman. Like, well, let's talk business. Government tech stamp, right? Yep. You can't get any better than that. Yeah, that's fine. And Come then having had a, uh, a Nova in the family, too, I think the other quote that I like is more, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember you driving your crappy old blue Nova or something like that. What are you yeah, driving now? I was like, yeah, some crappy old Nova. He gets out and it starts rolling out. He's like, you know? Having driven those cars, those are some of our first cars, Nova's and Malibu's. <laughs> he looked. He looked pretty good. Flip, jump around. Looked pretty good with the gun. You know, he looked pretty good with. I don't know if it was a stunt double or what, but you know. You just want to be in a movie with a gun. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> with Eddie Murphy. That's right. I wouldn't mind being in a movie with Eddie Murphy. Like I said, like Jeff was saying, like I would just like be you know on set, just watching or yeah. just holding the microphone. Just no, I don't want a responsibility because I'd end up laughing and dropping something. But yeah. That's funny stuff. Well, in a couple of years, you can be in uh, Grandpa Daycare. Grandpa Daycare. Yeah. There he is. Supposedly, I was reading through some of the trivia in that. You know, the beginning when they're showing scenes of Detroit. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess when they were filming scenes of parts of the Detroit, they were just going around. I guess the cops wouldn't go everywhere with them. And so sometimes yeah. the movie crew would just be like, okay, well, we're just going ahead. And it's that one scene where there's a guy, and he's kind of like, he's, well, here. I got my arms up, and I'm floating yeah. around. He's, I guess... He had, what he was doing is he had just seen the, the chase scene where Eddie Murphy was hanging out the mm-hmm. back of the thing and he was sh- telling his buddies about it no. and so that's why he was dancing around is he was reenacting the chase scene where Eddie Murphy was hanging off the back of the truck and then they had that as filmed as part of the montage beginning of the yes. you know Detroit thanks again for joining us on our discussion of Beverly Hills Cop next time we'll be back with Rocky Four. later in the month we'll be looking at the Karate Kid and Clue If you'd like to reach out to us, give us some feedback, let us know how we're doing, or uh, make a contribution to the show, or even just give us some of your opinions, we can be reached several different ways. We are on Twitter, at 30podcast. That's at 30podcast. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. You can go directly to our website, the30podcast.podbean.com. That's also where we have our Be Our Patron link uh, if you'd like to contribute to the show. But we want to hear your opinions more than anything else. We, we love that you've joined us. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. If you're on iTunes, please leave us a review there. We'll be the first to admit that we are amateurs, but we're doing this because we love movies. Um, and we're always working to, to try to make everything better every week. But please leave us a review on iTunes uh, if you're subscribing there and if you like the show. You can also tweet us a message through the Twitter account, at 30podcast, uh, through the Facebook page, facebook.com slash 30podcast. Or you can call our voicemail line that we have set up. It's 87235-MOVIE. 87235-MOVIE. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about the movies we've been talking about. So feel free to give us a call, send us a message, smoke signals, whatever. Thanks again for joining us. We will see you next time. And until then... Wow. You know, it says here that by the time the average American is 50, he's got five pounds of undigested red meat in his bowels. Why are you telling me this? What makes you think I have any interest in that at all? Well, you eat a lot of red meat. <laughs>